Hi, my name is Ember Kelly, and welcome to the Fourth U Dimension. Uh, it is a podcast that is a presentation of the Fourth Universalist Society in the city of New York. Uh, we're excited to have you join us today uh, as our first October podcast, uh, talking about the themes of uh, identity and community. Uh, I'm really excited to have a guest live from the Netherlands uh, joining us today, Lynette Vitti. Right? Yeah. yeah. Look at me, look at me struggling. As soon no, as I it's okay. Turn. Lynette, <laughs> Thank Veit. you. Vita, Vita. but ah, gosh. yeah. I would just practiced it right before and I still messed up. It's okay, it's okay, it's difficult. And honestly, you got my first name right immediately and that's usually where it already goes wrong and that's fine too. So I'm all used to it, it's fine. <laughs> okay, yes, the, you know, as soon as the pressure actually comes on of starting recording the podcast suddenly, Suddenly, it all goes out the window, all the practice. Um, so, Don't I know it. <laughs> Lynette, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. So I am, well, I'm Lynette. I'm 26 years old, and I am born and raised in the Netherlands, and I live there now again as well. Um, I am the founder of The Spiritual Femme, which is the platform, community, sacred corner of the internet, if you will, that um, includes the Spiritual Feminist podcast. It also includes multiple different offerings, which really bring together the magic of spirituality as well as womanhood, feminism, femininity, and everything that that entails. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about me and what I do. <laughs> awesome. So the Spiritual Femme, could you tell us a little bit about uh, your life, your journey, and like what led you to wanting to start this project, this online platform, online uh, sacred space. Can you just tell yes. us a little about, about your life and the journey Definitely. that brought you here? It was never a conscious decision to start the Spiritual Femme as an online platform. It's really so funny to feel into that now, but at the start of last year, at the start of 2019, I realized that I was really coming to almost to a ceiling in my spirituality in the sense that I was deepening my spirituality and had been for a couple of years at that point but there was something missing there there was there was some sort of wall I was hitting and I realized that, that was because I was still very much keeping my spirituality to myself and when I first started to explore spirituality again it was after or during a really difficult time in my life where everything was very uprooted and I made certain intuitive choices, which I couldn't really explain, like leave my partner at the time and really uproot my life in that way. And I was also just finishing off university and there were so many things changing and happening in my life, which made me go down the path of spirituality to find a little bit of rootedness within me. So I started out reconnecting to spirituality. And why I say reconnecting is because looking back as a child, I was very spiritual and very sensitive to all of these things that we can feel but not see. Um, but when I started to explore that again and feel into that more again, it was such a personal sacred thing that I just kept it to myself. And then at the start of last year, I realized that that was actually limiting me in my spirituality. That was limiting me in my empowerment process because I wasn't speaking about all these things that I was learning and doing, even though they made me feel so good and they made me feel so empowered and connected to myself and my femininity and all of different aspects. 
So that's kind of when I was like, oh, maybe it could be fun to see if there's anyone out there online. I wasn't even following that many people online who were speaking about these things. But I was like, oh, maybe it's it's fun for me to go and explore that. And that's kind of when this whole, you know, when you kind of start to dive in into the online world of spirituality, it's like, oh, hold on. <laughs> there's this whole community here. And then what what I realized then is that there wasn't necessarily a space I could go to which could bind the magic of feminism, womanhood, and spirituality together, who really emphasized that combination. So then that's like the Aries in me who's like, okay, then we'll just do it myself. Like if I miss it, if I miss something out there, I'll just create it myself. I didn't even know what I was doing. So it started out as a hobby, as a way for myself. It's almost like a selfish way, but in the best way possible, a selfish way to find a community of, of people, of women who felt into the same things as I did. And now, fast forward a year and a half later, almost, yeah, a year and a half. I was going to say almost two years, but that's exaggerating it a little bit at this point. Um, I... I've been able to grow it into a business, into a soul mission, into a passion. I realized that this was so aligned with what I believed in, how I like to express my creativity and how I really like to learn about life and deepen my experience of life every single time that I've now, yeah, been able to explore that as well as make a business out of it, which is incredible. Um, of course, there's been many different things along the way which led me to that point but um, the main thing being is that at some point I just realized that the systems I found myself in mainly so the nine-to-five office life um, didn't align with how I saw my flowy femininity and the way that I wanted to live more cyclical and more slow as well more intentional it just didn't align so at, at some point last year I was like I think I need to take a different course with my life because the spiritual femme was growing um, in terms of how many women found themselves in the community, how many listeners I had for my podcast and how many people started engaging with the content I was putting out. And I was like, this is what's turning me on. Like, this is what is really uh, clicking with me. And then, you know, I would spend almost 40 hours a week having to suppress that. And it was moments like that where I was like, this is not alignment anymore. And um, yeah, so I, I was in a very fortunate position to make that decision at some point to move away from that. And now I get to live my life so much more intentionally and hard let and really offer things that help women or guide women on their own journey. Because let's be honest, our, our journeys in as human beings on this earth are so individual. And this is, again, how I started as well with uncovering my own spiritual journey again. They're so personal, but we can have so much support and we can have so much inspiration and we can gain so much from even sharing a little bit of that with others and opening our hearts in that way. So that's, that's how I got to this point. And that's why I still to this day feel so aligned about this purpose that I'm now feeling into it all started very intuitively and I didn't even really think about it when I first made my logo it was like in two minutes at work because I was bored <laughs> and and it just worked it just happened it just kind of 
I was I was really allowed to download it, I guess. And um, here we are. It's it's incredible if I reflect on it. But yeah, that's in a nutshell how I got to this point. Um, and now I get to offer things such as a membership, which is incredible because it's again that community of sisters and that community of of just like-minded souls, which really um, allow you to open up and find healing and support and inspiration and so many other things. And I also guide women on their own journeys of becoming space holders and female leaders and what that actually means. And just in general, I hope to, with the spiritual femme, I hope to channel guidance and healing and inspiration for whoever feels like I'm speaking to them. Um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about that. I think that that's really, you know, beautiful, beautiful story. Um, talking about so much about um, intuition and, you know, yes, uh, lean, leaning into life and not uh, just letting everybody's expectations and everybody's uh, desires for, for what the world thinks we should do. Um, and, and listening to our intuition, listening to that call. I mean, I think uh, as, as a faith leader, spiritual leader, whatever I want to <laughs> label myself as any day. I definitely uh, really, really vibe with that, uh, listening to the intuition and trying to trying to follow that call. And I think it's, you know, I think it's great that you've found a way that you can do that as your, your main focus in life. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. And um, it's, it's hard in general, listening to your intuition, especially like you said, because there's so much pressure and expectation on us from the minute that we're born no matter what type of gender you're born into or what type of class or what type of anything there's so much expectation on us and coming from the perspective as a as a white woman I have experienced a lot of expectations where yes through my privilege I've been able to go to university and I've been able to do this and that and all of those things but it is an expected path then to take and I think why I find the combination between spirituality and feminism so magical is that my spirituality makes me feel more closely connected to myself. My feminism makes me feel more closely connected to myself because both of them ask me, what does womanhood mean to you? What does connection to, to your inner being? And what does connection to your intuition mean? And how are you going to listen to that? And for me, the true empowerment process and the true feminist process has been to listen to my intuition which is very spiritual um in in other respects so yeah a hundred percent that is a lifelong journey i think to fully decondition ourselves and to really peel away those layers of asking ourselves is this something i desire is this something that is being desired of me but in that process you don't need to do it alone which is like i, I hope the spiritual femme really radiates and in that process, you really get to empower yourself and live your true self and live your true purpose. And I think in this day and age, um, we can use a whole lot more of that. Um, we can use a whole lot more people who feel into that and lean into that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that one of the things that really uh, speaks and resonates to me is that you see your vision as... Uh, helping create more leaders it's not just like yes. okay here, here's my wisdom have it let me be your leader it's uh you know how do i make this space that empowers uh other people and especially empowers other women to uh to feel that they can hold that space and have that intuition and live a successful life uh, definitely it's, yeah, it's, it's feeling into that abundance in a way of like we 
we need more people and we need more women doing this work. And if I would say, oh, I am your, your leader, um, which makes me chuckle even like saying that <laughs> because I don't believe in that hierarchical system. Again, like it's, it's coming away from the patriarchy, coming away from the hierarchy of I'm your leader and I'll tell you what to do because that keeps us small as well. We can all be leaders even if it's just our own leader, like you don't need to feel comfortable holding space for others if, if that's not your thing, but we can all be our own leader. So I would never be like, oh, this is what I say and that's the be all end all. Like that's not true. And um, I wouldn't want, want it that way because that's really, that's a really scarce mindset being like, oh, I need to have this power over others. Whereas actually, how can I show you how to get that power back for yourself that's mm. that's exactly how i hope that the spiritual femme really um inspires others yeah beautiful um so our last month uh in september uh we talked about uh self-understanding is kind of this first part of like talking about a, diff a few different themes of resiliency so uh you know we've talked about self-care we've talked about womanhood intuition spirituality uh how has that kind of all played into how you understand yourself I mean, that's obviously a huge question. And I think it's all reflecting on that. I think it's all such a weaving. All of these different aspects of myself, which make up myself, are interwoven with each other. I, I personally could never see my spirituality as something distinct from my womanhood or my feminism or any other aspect of myself. I think it's all so interrelated, especially reflecting back on certain things happening with my intuition, where, for instance, you know, at some point I knew I needed to leave a relationship and that was my intuition, not just knocking at the door, but like at some point kicking through the door and being like, okay, now is, now is the time, come on. And um, I... I relate that to so many aspects of my life where it was related to womanhood, related to my mental health, related to, it's all just woven in. But what I do think is key in, in feeling into your own identity and feeling into your own sense of self is always asking yourself, is that true to me? And let me give a clear example of that. So five years ago now, I think, um, I was sort of, labeled I wouldn't say diagnosed but like labeled with this with this little stamp or this little sticker that I got which was like oh you have anxiety a panic disorder and a tendency for acrophobia and at that point that showed itself in me having daily panic attacks not wanting to leave the house like all of these things my mental health got a really in a really dark spot and at some point, as I obviously started to work through that and really started to work with it as well, uh, especially the last couple of years, I realized that those labels I was using to define a sense of myself, but were they really useful for me? So in that way, is that really my reality? Am I really choosing that part of me to define myself? Can I weave in other things? Can I rewrite a part of my story? Can I see it in a different way? Can I look at it maybe with more compassion than just the, the regular sort of psych psychologic um, field, you know, pushed me in, in a way. Um, and that is also where 
that true empowerment process begins where it's like, hey, I define myself by this, this, and this. Is that really true? How do I see myself? So for me, it was also in a way reclaiming that I was a spiritual being. Like I said before, as a child, I I was already spiritual. I felt so many energies. I felt so much happened as a child where I now look back on it and I look at that with compassion because there wasn't that much space to explore it. So I started to suppress it because society doesn't have a place for um, those types of, of qualities to come through. So for me to really, especially since the start of last year, starting to talk more about my spirituality, started to talk more about the things that connected me to my spirituality and really uncovering what I'd suppressed before that was a huge shift in identity. Oh, now all of a sudden I am this spiritual being. Like I always knew it, but it was becoming more and more true for me the more that I started to talk about it. So that was that was big. And honestly, it's it can be such a liberation to reclaim parts of yourself in that way and to be unapologetic about that. And that gets to be a process. I mean, obviously you don't have to be like me and immediately start an Instagram account and a podcast about it and be like, okay, here I am. <laughs> That was a bit of exposure therapy for myself there. But at the same time, it can be so liberating to start speaking parts of your truth and to really start to feel into what that truth actually is. And that gets to be a process of ebb and flow because I feel like you can't fully feel into your truth if you don't speak about it. But then also, it also goes the other way where it's like, if you don't speak about it, is it really your truth? And um, again, be compassionate with yourself in that process. But for me, it's really been in that way. That's kind of how I started to redefine myself and my own values and the ways that I saw myself. And honestly, it's an ongoing process because for every student of life, I'm always learning things about myself, about the world, about other people. And in that way, I get to evolve and redefine myself over and over again and I love that I it it helped me back at first of really being open about certain things that I believed in and really sharing my story on podcasts and, and Instagram posts because I was like yeah but what if it changes in six months time and then I'm like yeah what if it does that's incredible I would never want things to be stagnant so that's that's kind of how I see my identity in a very long-winded answer (laughs) Oh, I mean, so many things that, that resonated with my own story there. Um, Amazing. Especially thinking about, you know, all the ways that, um, especially maybe growing up in more traditional religious settings or, uh, but often really in any settings that, uh, yeah, that looking back now, there's all these experiences that like, I, you know, either got just like woven into the traditional Christian frame at the time or mm-hmm. that I just, you know, didn't talk about them with anybody. And yeah, yeah. That, 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 that really, uh, resonates for me uh and i think it'll i think lots of what you said that is going to resonate with our listeners um and so you you hit on identity a little bit there you talked about uh like the label of uh anxiety you talked about um then the kind of you know reclaiming uh your own identity so uh this month's dual themes are identity and community when i when i say that word identity when you when you think about identity what you know, what kind of feelings and definitions does, does that bring up to, to you? So I think I really, I wouldn't say I struggle with the word, but I do think the word identity for me has a, has a very 
constrictive undertone to it in in certain ways because I think identity and society that most of us have been brought up in is like you said as well is is to be able to fit in a certain box to be able to be labeled to be able to label ourselves to make it easier for other people to understand us and understand our place in the world so again to really reclaim that identity is huge because you get to break out of boxes and you know if you're comfortable in a box that's fine but I think it's such a shame that so many of us until we become aware are unaware of the fact that we sometimes live on autopilot in that way sometimes live for other people's expectations simply because they've been so deeply ingrained in our minds and in our systems and So for me, identity brings up that, where it's like that link to the patriarchal world. But then as as well, because I always like to kind of shift that then for myself. Okay, it triggers me in that way, but then how can I shift that? So for me, identity in that way, again, like I said before, is also a reclamation of that, a liberation of that. Can I really own that word? What does that word mean to me? now with with everything that I've learned so far and everything that I will learn in the future and that is that it gets to be fluid however fluid you would like it to be like of course for my own identity I I I I identify myself now as as a woman as a straight woman as this as that as whatever and I don't think that that's going to change but then it's at the same time other aspects of my identity can be fluid so really to reclaim that word of it's not actually that static as as you know as maybe i don't know what the dictionary definition would be but um i think for myself i think identity is very much related to um to the systems that we've been brought up in and conditioned by so then to fully reclaim that and see it more as a, as a as a fluid concept as something that you get to decide and of course it's easy for me to say and quite hard to implement in in certain areas um but yeah i don't know how do you feel into that well i mean so what really came to me uh as, as i was listening there was thinking about uh identity uh, in in this you know that there's kind of two senses um identity of the sense of like uh that people are just like looking for maybe a box to belong to, or mm-hmm. that they're, you know, um, uh, that it's it's more of like a, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking for for meaning. That's this more uh, patriarchal way that I, you know, I got to find where I fit. I got to find the yes. identity that works for me, uh, versus uh, this way is liberation of of claiming our space, claiming our identity. Mm-hmm uh and finding the power in it versus like trying to fit into yeah versus that trying to fit into a box yeah so really taking up that space and allowing yourself to take up that space with whatever you want to take up space with instead of making yourself smaller than you are by fitting Mm -hmm. into a box that is expected of you and you know, you could also argue that I fit in a couple of different boxes and that that is my identity, um, but at least it's something that I choose consciously every single day rather than something that I feel pressured to do. I think that's also where the shift is in. 
Um, and honestly, it makes me think of the fact that when people like family members, for instance, or just people who are quite like um, far removed from what I do, ask me what I do. And I can never answer that in one sentence, which also I didn't do for this podcast. So that just goes to show, but I can never answer that in one question or in one sentence. And people kind of get a little bit uneasy about that. And I think that's like a prime example of like, oh, you're not just like someone who works at a bank or someone who works in customer service or this or that. And, oh, you're like, I don't know what to like do with that. I don't know how to respond to that. And I think that is also how we can feel into sometimes that comfort, air quotes, comfort um, of, oh, let me just put it, put myself into a box, often subconsciously, because it makes it easier for other people to accept us and to welcome us in and to, um, to feel bo- like you belong exactly. But I think if, if anything, if the, like the past couple of, of, of years have shown me is that when you do see it as more fluid and you embrace all parts of yourself and you kind of just leave the boxes, you know, at the recycling, um, then you, you still will get accepted by the people you want to get accepted by in a way like if if they don't accept you like were they really there for you to begin with or were they just there for the identity that they thought (laughs) they thought that you had and um again it's all about that reclamation and really turning inwards and seeing what's true for you and and embracing the fluidity of that um, but yeah, it can be a hard process. And it, it, like I said, I think it's a lifelong process, to be honest. I'm always uncovering new parts of myself. And even now in, in lockdown, um, my anxiety has flared up again in different ways. So again, is this something I'm going to label myself as again? Like, I don't know. But like, how am I going to use those ideas about my identity and the fact that I thought I left anxiety at the door? How am I going to use that to approach this? you know, ebb and flow of emotions and, and new, new lessons. So, yeah. Well, I know, like uh, that, that really, uh, that reminds me of what you were saying earlier also about like, you know, wh- what if I'm different in six months and like being okay with that? Like, like Gosh, I, I, th- yeah. I think about my own life this year when I think about a lot of us uh, six months ago in March. Oh uh, my that, God. <laughs> we are all at very different places uh, than, than, uh, what we were thinking we were six months ago. I mean, gosh, my, so true. Uh, I, I don't know. I think I was just starting my interview process about six months ago. So it's been a, been a heck of a six months for me, but I, you know, I think that's really beautiful of thinking of identity as this thing that can flex and change and grow uh, versus, yeah, versus having to be a static, like, okay, well, I, I found my, my identity and that's what I got to keep for the rest of my life. And Gosh, no, like how limiting is it to, to see it in that way? Because that means that whenever you read a book or see a documentary or, or just anything that will teach you something about life and opens your heart, that means that you could never do something with that because you've already put yourself into a box and you can't get out of it anymore. So I think there's so much that that we can learn still about ourselves, about each other. And it will be so limiting to then think, oh, this is the path I've chosen and now we're here and this is what I got to do. You have the agency to shift your identity, your choices, everything. And it doesn't mean that it's easy breezy, even if it's intuitive, it can be really hard, um, especially if it's intuitive, to be honest, because it usually goes against the grain. (laughs) Um, But 
just because it's not easy doesn't mean that it's um, not necessary. Because, like I said, I think I personally believe we need a whole lot more people living intuitively and living more from the heart instead of the mind. But I guess that's a whole different topic. But yeah. <laughs> no, we got we got a few hours. No. <laughs> so, you know, thinking about, uh, you know, the spiritual femme, the spiritual feminist, um, uh, how do you see uh, spirituality, this um, fighting patriarchal system, space holding, how do you see that uh, relating to like women claiming their own identities and, you know, why is that work important? And yeah, just kind of. Yeah, so that that is so huge for me. I, I think really spirituality, the way that I see spirituality for myself, which is of course very personal, is any type of tool or element or ritual or, or thing that makes me connect to my heart, that makes me connect to my body, and that makes me just see a deeper sense of life and feel into a deeper sense of life and feel myself more connected to everything within and around me. That is my spirituality. And I know that sounds quite vague. I mean, in practical terms that could mean meditation one day, um, card pulling, tarot, another, but also a walk in nature, journaling, seeing whatever comes up, really letting my, my heart speak in that way. And I think for me, how this relates to deconstructing the patriarchy, which is, you know, just a small task, is that it allows women specifically, but honestly, human beings in general, it allows people to, to take up more space. It allows people to fully turn inwards and see what's true to them. And in that way, make more aligned decisions with a universal energy or God or however you want to see it. I, I often call it the universe. Because I do think that we are all beings with a beautiful soul who can talk with the universe who can converse with a bigger source of energy around us and we get to download things from that energy we get to co-create with that energy which again I think is also for me at least a very empowering way to look at it it's not something that imposes ideas on me or shows me this or does to me that but it's a way of co-creation I, I am the divinity as much as the next person, but I also um, converse with universal energy. So for me to really feel into that in terms of my, my womanhood and my feminism is that, hey, if I lead a more aligned life, I make more aligned decisions, not just for me, but kind of for like the bigger plan, let's say, for everybody, for, for, for all of us. So for me to listen to my intuition is not to just empower myself and make choices that are closer to myself instead of the conditions that have been put on me and, you know, the decisions that I consequently then make from my mind. But it's also about a way of looking outwards more softly and being like, I'm making decisions that I trust also have an effect on my outer world. And in that way, hopefully contribute to a more equal world, a more accepting world, a more loving world. And I know there's quite big statements to make, but I truly feel it in that way. Um, you know, whenever I find myself in nature, for instance, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm just a part of it, right? We're not like above it, but we're a part of it. And I mean, even just those vibrations that I feel then remind me of the interconnectedness of it all. 
And, and for me to really feel into that is also to feel into my femininity. If you look back at centuries and centuries ago, and in some cultures and traditions still, but in the Western world, it's been completely wiped out. Um, and we're slowly reclaiming that, which is amazing. But if you look at centuries ago, women were the weavers of magic. Women were the weavers of the world. They were the oracles. They were put on pedestals in that way. Now, I'm not, again, not believing in a certain hierarchy, but there is that sense of, of, of magic and connection and love there that we seem to have lost over uh, the many years. And that's kind of how I weave together spirituality and, and feminism and how I truly believe that feeling into more spiritual practices and, and getting closer to your own aligned being can decondition, decondition you from the patriarchy and then in turn will help you make more aligned decisions, which will hopefully also inspire others to do the same. Yeah. No, I think that's really great that you brought up about like... Uh... I mean, society, it was, it was a very concrete thing that society said, no, we can't have uh, women as spiritual leaders. Like, this, this is bad. We have to, you know, uh, spiritual women, like we're going to uh, lock them away and like uh, as, as nuns, we're going to keep them, keep them out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah. And I mean, even the witch burnings just yeah. show all of that. And so many of us carry that trauma in that way where it's like we subconsciously know that it's, it's, unsafe to speak up about um, spiritual practices to do rituals to to do anything like that and um, it's it's crazy to me to think about the fact that there were times where where women were celebrated for those qualities that we're now slowly finding back yeah so uh, leaning into the, the other the other pillar of this month's themes uh, uh, so the work you do is, is a lot about uh, creating community. So do you think that there's a connection between figuring out our own identity and having like a community space to do that in? Mm, I love this question because of course, yes, there's a huge connection. And I think for me, it's been so pivotal in how I, how I perceive myself and how I see myself is, is not necessarily through the lens of others, but through the support, through the support and the connection with others I think again coming away from that patriarchal idea that other people are your competition and specifically as 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 women to be honest where we're shown that there is only so many spaces for women at the table whether that is in a corporate setting or just metaphorically we're always pitted against each other in so many different ways and I think true sisterhood and true coming together in a community has allowed me to explore so many more sides of myself because this is the thing when do we ever find ourselves in a safe space to meet all corners of ourselves and to embrace all corners of ourselves and we can't always do that alone and also we're not made to do all of that alone again I truly believe in the interconnectedness of everything so to come together in community is a huge, huge thing in that, where you actually seek that connection and you feel into what it means to be connected in that way. And also what I've really noticed over the past six months is that you don't even, I mean, as lovely as it is to come together 
um, in real life. And I've led many women's circles last year, which um, I really dearly miss because it's so great to literally hold hands and to hug and to be with one another in a space. But what I've seen the past six months is that you don't even really need the physical space to feel into the connection with each other. And um, especially if you really intentionally create a space together in that way, it's, it will really allow you to flourish because you can find yourself feel held and supported and uplifted and rooted. And also, I think what I've really seen in my community is we often think that we're alone in what we go through. And of course, every experience is so unique and so individual, and it never takes away from that. But just for someone to say, hey, I can relate to that, or hey, I might feel into that in a similar way, and maybe not even in those words, but to just hear stories from other people and to really feel into the energy that that brings off where you're like, I connect with that, is pivotal for anyone's empowerment journey I dare say because it means that hey I'm not alone walking this journey I'm not alone flowing along in this river because I don't see life as like walking a path I see it more as flowing with a river but um yeah so I think in that way this a sense of self also comes with a sense of community and vice versa absolutely yeah I'm sure you could feel into that as well right Oh, definitely. I mean, and, you know, thinking about, uh, like you said, the, these last, you know, there's, there's, there's beauty in, in community that, that meets in person, like for sure, I agree there. Uh, but these, these last six months have been really interesting to me, especially as someone who grew up, you know, traditionally Christian, and you always hear growing up like, oh, it's just, you know, uh, we don't need to be with each other in a building to be the church. Uh, but oddly enough, the, the, these these conservative evangelical Christians are now the ones that are like, okay, we can't keep doing this online thing. We need to be we need to be in person. Right. Uh, um, so you know, it's it's been really interesting to me, uh, and you know, including starting this this new position in a fully online way, uh, to think about how do we build community, how do we make these connections, uh, and you know, truly build like this, this healthy space where it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's hard, it's challenging of how do we, um, you know, create the space as a community where we can be vulnerable with each other, where we can learn together uh, and, and empower each other. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough in this online setting, but like, I think that this is work that's going to be transformative for like decades to come because this is, this is the shift. I agree. I agree. And I think it all comes down to in the end, especially as a space holder and as a facilitator in, in whatever shape or form is to trust that the energy will do the work and energy doesn't in my eyes anyway, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't care about time or place. So energy will flow anyway, whether you watch a recording of, of, of a gathering or whether you listen to a podcast on your own, um, such as this one, you will feel the energy of the people you listen to and perhaps even the people who also listen to the episode. Um, energy just flows. Energy just works like that. And that's really what I've seen as well with my online gatherings where it was like we were all sat in a room together because it was so deeply connected and so so beautifully vulnerable, where of course, you know, it would have an added element if, if we were all physically together, but we didn't even need it to feel really connected. And I think that is the beauty 
of the internet, of spirituality, of how this world works, in my eyes anyway. <laughs> so kind of a, a, a last direction to take things here, uh, since we're, we're approaching slightly longer than some of the other podcasts I've recorded. <laughs> I'm not very concise. I'm sorry. Yeah, there is no worry in that. Every, everybody loves a good long podcast every once in a while. I hope um, so. <laughs> I, I know I'm uh, I'm loving this conversation. I think it's really insightful. So thinking about as somebody who creates community, as somebody who trains other leaders about creating community, you know, what does a good, healthy, vulnerable community space look like to you? And mm. like, do you have advice for others about how to to go about building those uplifting communities? Oh, I love that. I think a huge thing is to bring in your own truth and to bring in your own authenticity because only through that connection can happen. If you are talking about something that doesn't feel aligned, people won't feel connected to it because they'll know. Subconsciously, they'll feel something's off. So this is the one thing that I always say in my courses and, and any time that someone um, asks for any advice on that, go within instead of immediately seeking outwards. Go within, what is your truth? What do you wanna share? And trust that that story will create connection in itself. Because through that, through you being vulnerable, it allows others to be vulnerable. You give others a permission slip to do the same. So if you truly want to embody that leadership, and again, there's such stigma around the word leadership, but I think we can definitely see it in a more feminine, um, deconstructed way, 100%. It's about you taking that first step of being vulnerable and seeing, seeing who comes, seeing who reacts. And I think in another way, what a healthy community looks like is the emphasis that no one is broken and no one needs to be fixed. Um, because what I, what I have often experienced myself is that when I would share vulnerably, um, before the spiritual femme, but when I would share vulnerably, there was always that rebuttal of, oh, let me show you what you could do to fix your anxiety or to fix this or to fix that. And I don't think it's about that. I think true coming together as community and true support means saying or showing someone, I see you, I hear you, I love you, and I'm holding this space for you. And that's all you need to do because there is no fixing needed. And true, true healing can in my eyes only come from within. Of course, if someone asks for advice, amazing. If you have it, give it. But without it being asked, I would never invade that space because coming together in vulnerability means that you just get to share and it just gets to be. Because when when do like when do our problems and and our issues and our doubts and our fears ever just get to be? We live in a society where all of those things either need to be fixed immediately or numbed. And for us to truly feel into a safe space in a healthy community, like you said as well, is to allow those things to be, to, again, allow ourselves to explore all corners of ourselves, the lightness as well as the darkness, and to feel supported in that and not feel judged. And what I've seen is that in my experience, you know, having also been bullied as a child by other girls it's been so healing to be able to speak my truth and to hear other women's truths. And this can mean for, for anyone, but in my experience, to hear other women's truths and to speak mine in a space with, with women has been incredibly healing because it's showed me there is another narrative I can choose. My, 
my sisters are not my competitors. Other human beings are not um, the enemy. And I think for me, that is really important in a healthy community to just be able to be and to be celebrated for that and to really fully be seen for who you are instead of immediately coming at it with labels and numbing and, 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 and fixing things. Yeah. Wow. 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 <laughs> I think that that, that, that to me feels like the, the perfect place to, uh, to wrap up the, the main Amazing. conversation. Would you like to uh, tell people where they can find you online? We'll include it yes. in the show notes as well. Yes. Amazing. So the easiest and quickest way to find me is on Instagram. And that is at the spiritual femme with F E M at the end. And then I also have a podcast myself, which you've been a guest on as well, Ember. It was so, so good to record that. That's called The Spiritual Feminist. And then I also have my website, thespiritualfem.com. But yeah, if any of this resonated with you and you want to talk about it further, just send me a DM because I'm always always there. Yeah, definitely. And I can can also highly recommend going and listening to that. If you you enjoyed listening to this conversation, I think you would enjoy going to listen to uh, her and and I's conversation on... Uh, talking about my experiences of, yes. of discovering womanhood as a trans woman. Uh, yeah, some real beautiful conversations. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on thank as you. a guest today. Uh, for those who listen to this before the end of October, uh, Lynette will be coming to Fourth Universalist uh, as a guest for, for an in-conversation series. And for those who listen after, that will be recorded and put on YouTube uh, as well. So thank you so much for joining us today.